Hey CrossFit family, I just wanted to give you a quick update um, on the Erickson household. If you don't know who I am, my name is Cale Erickson. I'm the director of Apex Ministry. That's our student ministry for teenagers at Crossview Church. Uh, and we just wanted to give you a quick update. Um, on March 24th, we had a little baby girl. This is Isla Jane, um, and she has been just a little bundle of joy for us. And so uh, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a good update, a good news update, because I know that there's just been a, not a lot of um, great news going around. I know we're all kind of experiencing this together. Um, but I just wanted to give you some good news. And another uh, thing I wanted to do is give you a thanks. Like, thank you so much. We've had paternity leave for the past week, and uh, it's been amazing just spending time together as a family and spending time with little Isla here. And uh, another thank you to a lot of the families who've been bringing meals to us um, so that we can avoid uh, grocery stores and public areas to do this quarantine thing right. And so um, thank you so much, family, uh, for all that you've given to us. And so... Um, yeah, that's all we have. So have a great Sunday, and we look forward to seeing you guys again soon, hopefully. Bye. Hi, CrossFit Church. It's great to see you, and uh, at least via video. Uh, we miss you, we love you, and we hope you are hanging in there during this crazy time. Uh, know that we're praying for you, and we you are on our hearts and minds. I have a few announcements for you before we continue our Sunday worship service here. Uh, first of all, it's hard to believe, but next week will be Easter Sunday. And so we wanted to let you know that on Good Friday and Easter, uh, we will post on both those days a worship service similar to like we've been doing since this shelter at home order went into place. So there'll be music, there'll be a sermon, both Good Friday. Uh, we're going to have it posted by 7 p.m. on Friday is what we're shooting for. And also, as we have been during this time, our Easter morning uh, a worship service by 8 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, we also want to give a quick note that though uh, the message of Easter is something that we really need in, during this time, the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and conquered death and overcame death, that's, if there's ever a message we need right now, that is it. And so that message will come through uh, next week uh, during our Easter sermon. But I also wanted to let you know that we've decided that the first time we gather as a church after this um, shelter-in-place order is finished, uh, the first chance we get to come together again as Crossview Church face-to-face, -face, that will be an Easter Sunday celebration as well. We're calling it Easter 2.0, and we felt like the best way for us uh, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ is when we get through this on the other side and we all gather together and we remember the life that sustained us during that time. It would be a great time to celebrate celebrate Easter. So that's our plan going forward. Also, I want to encourage you to join us in fasting and praying this Tuesday, April 7th. Uh, we're going to join churches all over Wisconsin and some uh, outside of Wisconsin into the nations to uh, pray for an end to this pandemic, to pray for all sorts of things related to the pandemic. You might be saying, what does it mean to fast? What, how do I pray all day? We have instructions on how to do this that have been emailed out if you're on our email list. And if not, the instructions are on our webpage, on the first page of our website. So you can go there and click on it. You can read uh, an explanation of what it means to fast and how to do that, as well as uh, what to be praying for during the day. So please, uh, as your senior pastor, I want the entire, if possible, the entire Crossview Church family to be in prayer on this Tuesday to see God move. God moves when his people pray, and if there's ever a time we need God to move, this is it. So please, uh, please uh, consider doing that.
I mentioned the email announcements. Speaking of email announcements, if you're not getting those and you'd like the weekly email announcement, you can email the church office and the address is office at crossviewrapids.org and get on that email list. Also, please uh, continue to look at that first page of our website so that you can stay connected during this time. I want to thank you so much for your offerings and the giving that you've done online as well as mailing your offering checks to the church. We deeply appreciate that. We, um, as you know, it's one of the things that we were praying about is how are we going to stay connected or how are we going to stay uh, sustained financially through this time when we don't have a worship service where people can give. And you've uh, really, really been generous in using the online tools as well as mailing to the church. And so we really appreciate that. Please keep it coming. Uh, we desperately need that during this time. And, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. All right, let me pray for this time as we're beginning our worship service here, uh, at least virtually, and uh, then we will um, continue. So bow your heads with me wherever you are. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you are a sustainer and that no matter what we experience in this life, in this time, you are real. And so, Lord, I pray for all my friends and those who are watching this, that you would uh, meet them where they're at today and that you would touch their hearts, and that you would um, empower them to continue during this crazy time we're living in. God, I just ask that you would help us as a church to be uh, your hands and feet in the midst of this, and give us wisdom beyond ourselves. Uh, I pray for protection. I pray for health. I pray for comforts, on comforting hearts during this time. And I thank you so much that we can at least connect um, via video today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you again today. And I'm really excited to sing this song that we're going to start off with. I think we really need the heart behind this song in a season like we find ourselves in these days. Um, We see very clearly the chaos that is going on in our world, the the bad things that are happening as a result of this pandemic. But uh, we have to remind ourselves and trust in the promises of God's word that tell us that God is always at work. Even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, we can trust that he is there and he is at work. He is good. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. And so uh, let's trust him together as the great way maker, even through all the things that we're seeing in our world right now. Let's sing this together. Miracle. 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You Touching
love you and we trust you today. We realize that no matter what we see uh, going on around us, that you are a God of mercy, a God of love, a God who is at work, a God who doesn't want to see us lost in the middle of all these things going on in our world, but wants us to trust you through it. And so, God, I ask that uh, you would uh, just rally our hearts around this reminder of who you are today, that we would be able to uh, trust in you together. So, God, bless every moment of our time together. Uh, use Pastor Dan today in his words. May they be yours for our hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine yourself sitting where you are and Jesus Christ appears before you. And as he appears before you, he says, what do you want me to do for you? You can say anything you want, but he asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? What would be your answer to that question? Now, don't think this too hard. Don't think through what should I say and what would be the right religious thing to say. What would you just honestly say if Jesus Christ came to you and said, what do you want me to do from you? The, the maker of heaven and earth, the son of God, the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at once, Jesus Christ standing before you and says, what would you like me to do for you? What would you say? What would be your answer? And don't judge it. Just be honest. Like, what would be your answer? You're not going to tell anybody this. You, you don't have to. You, no, no one's going to ask you and God already knows. So what would be your response. Some of you may be thinking, the thing I would ask for is to get rid of this whole pandemic. Uh, some of you might be saying, I'd ask for healing for myself or for a loved one that's struggling with something. Some of you may say, I'd ask that you comfort those who've gone through loss. Uh, we've had a lot of loss in our community recently, some big losses. Some of you may say, I wish my financial troubles would just finally end. Uh, or maybe it'd be something more simple than that. Or maybe there's some of you that are living under the guilt and remorse of a decision you made long ago and you wish you can go back and change that. What would you say if Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Here's what I know is I think whatever you would say, the reason you say that is because you want hope in that situation. All of us want to experience hope. And when I mean hope, I'm not talking about I'm hoping and a wishing that comes true. I'm talking about something that you know would truly happen and you can anchor your soul and your hope in that thing. That's something we all desperately need during this time, isn't it? As I did calls this week and talked to different people in our church, I, I saw that there's many of us that just so desperately need hope right now. And we're, we're hurting for that. As I talk to people, the, the effects of this is, is strong and we're a place where we need hope. And I'm really excited about this message today because it's a message of hope. And the reason it's a message of hope is because it's a message of mercy. And what I want you to grab through this sermon today is that where there's mercy, there is always hope. Where there's mercy, there is always hope. And whether it's mercy from God to us or mercy amongst each other, when there's mercy, there's always hope. And this is something we desperately need. 
So I'm going to encourage you to grab a Bible as we go through this right now. Uh, you could, if you have a Bible on your phone, you could do that. If you always wanted a Bible on your phone and you didn't, we recommend an app called YouVersion, Y-O-U Version. You could download that. I'll, I use the Christian Standard Bible. That's the translation I use. You'll see in the YouVersion, there's a lot of different translations. CSB, Christian Standard Bible, is the one I use, so download that. If you have a paper Bible, we're going to be in the book of Luke. Uh, which is uh, about three quarters of the way through. You'll get Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. If you hit John, Acts, or First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, or anything like that, you've gone too far. So go back. Luke, big number 18, chapter 18. And then on the little numbers of the verses, I'll be looking at verses 35 to 43. Luke 18, 35 to 43. So turn there and follow with me as we take a look at this. This is a story about Jesus and it involves a beggar. And uh, in the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the authors tell the same story sometimes. And in Luke's version of the story, we don't have the beggar's name, but in Mark's version we do, and his name's Bartimaeus. So there's this beggar named Bartimaeus, and he's on the side of the road uh, in, in the main drag going to Jerusalem. It'd be like in Wisconsin Rapids terminology if he was on 8th Street, uh, sitting on the side of the road. He sits there and he knows the surroundings really well because he's there every day. That's what he does. He sits and he begs and he probably hears all the voices. He hears what's going on and he's perfected his sales pitch as he yells out uh, what he needs as a beggar. And so this beggar's sitting there and all of a sudden Jesus is coming to town Jesus is coming down the road. And so the anticipation is building. Uh, there's people around there. He's As a beggar who's blind, he can't see, but his senses are probably fully alert to other things. And he's hearing new noises. He's experiencing things. He's sensing the heat from other people around and, and things are bustling. And so that's what's happening. So let's look at Luke 18, starting at verse 35. Um, We're going to read verses 35 to 37. It says, As he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging, hearing a crowd passing by. So he hears this crowd. He inquired what was happening. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, they told him. Let's stop right there. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So this beggar knew who they were talking about because word was on the street about who Jesus was. They heard that there's this famous rabbi, Jesus coming, and he was Jesus of Nazareth coming, and he heard that Jesus was doing these crazy things like healing people from sickness and disease, giving people their sight as a blind beggar that probably grabbed his attention when they, he heard Jesus of Nazareth was coming. Uh, this Jesus rose, uh, was able to raise people from the dead. He was able to uh, do things that were never, ever done during that time that they saw. And so the popularity of this particular rabbi, Jesus, was, pop, was uh, exploding at the time, and now he's coming. And so when they told Bartimaeus that Jesus is coming, anticipation probably built up into his heart and his life. He probably said, this is it. I got to see what's going to go on here. He desperately wanted to interact with him. So let's look at what happens. Let's continue uh, to verse 38 and 39. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those in front of him told him to keep quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So he's crying out, son, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the people in front of him, you know, he's probably on the ground. The people in front of him said, you know, shut up. They're probably just like, you know, just be quiet. And they 
probably stood in front of him so he couldn't see. And I thought, as I looked at this, I thought, you know, that's a lot what goes on inside of us when we're trying to have a closer relationship with God. Sometimes when we try to reach out closer to God, there's so many other voices in our life that tell us to shut up and to not seek him out. Maybe voices of family and friends who have a different religious preference. Maybe friends of ours that don't want to see us change and become more like Christ because they want us to stay in other places. But when a human being wants to engage and have a closer relationship with Jesus, sometimes there's so much opposition to that. And I would just encourage you, if you're in that spot, to don't listen to those voices, but reach out and go after God. Because having a relationship with Jesus is one of the greatest things ever. And ultimately, when our life on this earth is done, we're not going to answer to any human opinion. We're not going to answer to any human voice. We're going to answer to one. Ultimately, we answer to one person, and that's God himself. And so consider that as you feel that pressure of human opinion against what you believe and what you're thinking. Just remember that ultimately you're going to answer to one person and one person alone, and that's God. So uh, Barnabas didn't let that stop him. You know, as he's sitting there and he's crying out, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. He's trying to get Jesus's attention. They're saying, be quiet. And they're trying to push him back. I love it. It says, but he kept crying out all the more. It was almost like that, that, that uh, um, resistance, that you, be quiet, fueled him to cry out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So what was he crying out? What was this thing? The more he shouted, he, he shouted, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's what he said. And this is an amazing thing because what Bartimaeus was doing is he, first of all, number one, was declaring who Jesus really was. Son of David is a term for Messiah. And in the Old Testament, it said that a Messiah would come to earth. And when the Messiah came and his kingdom was completed, there would be no more sickness, no more disease, no more suffering, no more sin. And he would rule and reign on earth. And the Old Testament talked about this Messiah who would come through the ancestry of David. And so when he said, son of David, what Bartimaeus was saying is you are the one. You are the one the Old Testament has been talking about. And very few people in that time and place when this was happening believe that. But Bartimaeus did. And so he was declaring and acknowledging, son of David. You know, people probably thought he was crazy, but he's declaring, you are the Messiah. And Jesus was captured by that because someone acknowledged who he really was. Someone knew who he really was. As Bartimaeus is sitting there blind, taking in all the information, all the reports people are saying about the things that Jesus is doing, he put it together and he realized Jesus is the son of God. He's the Messiah to come to establish a heavenly kingdom on earth that's going to change everything. You see, though he was blind physically, he was seeing crystal clear spiritually, taking in all that he heard. And so he declared, son of David, that was a title he gave. You are the one that's going to bring peace between human beings and a holy God. You are the one that's going to be bringing peace ultimately to this earth at one point in one time. Your reign will rule And Jesus stopped because he heard that. He heard this declaration. Then he heard something else. The second thing he said was, have mercy on me. He had a need. He declared that he had a need. So he cried out for this thing called mercy. 
What is mercy? Mercy is compassion toward an offender that removes guilt, shame, or suffering. Compassion towards an offender that removes guilt, shame, or suffering. That's mercy. This man, this beggar, realized his need for God. He realized how desperately he needed mercy. So he called out. He knew he was an offender. And the Bible tells us we're all offenders. We are those that have offended God by, they call it, the Bible calls it sin. And so he knew that. And so he cried out. He knew how bad he needed mercy. So he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And what did Jesus do? Let's continue and look at verse 40. Two words, I love it. Jesus stopped. He stopped. There was something when this beggar acknowledged who Jesus was and he declared his need, have mercy on me. They captured the heart of God. They captured the attention of Jesus Christ and made him stop. You know, when we go before God and we acknowledge who he is, and we ask for mercy, it makes God stop and hear and listen. God never ever blows off a cry for mercy. God never ever blows off and ignores when someone says, I need you, will you give me mercy? God always responds to cries of mercy. And when we see this beggar acknowledging who Jesus is, son of David, have mercy on me, acknowledging his need, Jesus stops And see, that's why when there's mercy, there's always hope. When there's mercy, there's always hope. And if there was ever a time where we need hope, now is it. And so we need to go and acknowledge our need before God and say, God, will you give us mercy in this place? And hope will come. Let's see what else Jesus did. Let's continue on in verses 40 to 41. So Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought closer to him. And when he came closer, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? There's that question we started the sermon with. What do you want me to do from you, uh, for you? And in some ways, you sit there and say, isn't that a dumb question? Jesus, you're son of God. You know everything. Even if you weren't son of God, any normal human being would look at blind Bartimaeus and know what he would want. He'd want his sight back, Right? But God has us name our need before him. God wants us to acknowledge what it is that we really want him to do. He wants us to be honest about that. He wants us to go before him without pretending and having some religious facade, without having some spiritual fake face. God wants a relationship with us where we're honest, where we name our our need before him. Because when we name our need before him, we come in line with the fact that we need you, Jesus. We need your mercy. And there's no more safer place for vulnerability than your relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is a person, God is a person that you come and be very, very honest about where you're at. You don't have to pretend he knows it all anyway. And so he allows this blind man to name his need and to say what it is. And, he, and I love um, the fact that he doesn't do it out of duty or obligation. He just comes. And I love that Bartimaeus' answer is just so simple and real. Uh, look at verse 41 when Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? 
He says, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. He just is being honest. He could have asked that the Roman Empire oppression during that time would stop. He could have asked a lot of big, big things, but some would even say he was being selfish, but he just was honest. And he said, Lord, I want to see. That was the need he brought before him. Just simple and real. And Jesus does two incredible things. Let's look at what he does in verse 42. Receive your sight, Jesus told him. Your faith has saved you. The first thing he does is he restores his sight. Now all of a sudden, this blind beggar can see. That had to blow him away. It had to blow everyone around away. All of a sudden, Jesus heals this man who was blind. And the people knew who this guy was. And all of a sudden, now he's seeing and experiencing life uh, through the ability to see that he never experienced that before. Boom, it happened. And that's an amazing thing. But then Jesus did something else that though we would say his sight was the bigger thing, Jesus does something greater than even giving this blind man his sight back. He says, your faith has saved you. What he was saying there is the penalty of your offense, the penalty of your sin will no longer count against you because you believed in who I was and you acknowledged your need. And now Bartimaeus, you get to be released from the great fear, the fear of death. Boy, that's something that our world's experiencing right now, isn't it? The fear of death, this great fear. And he tells him, your faith has saved you. Since he believed in who he was, since he acknowledged his need and he cried out for mercy, God gave him new life, not just uh, healing him in the uh, temporal, the earthly uh, life he had, but also gave him eternal life that when he died, he knew he could be, he would be with Jesus Christ forever. He was saved from his sin. You see, that's what mercy is. Do you remember? Mercy is compassion toward an offender that removes guilt, shame, or suffering. Compassion towards an offender that removes guilt, shame, or suffering. You see, though this man, blind Barimaeus, was blind, he saw something very clearly. He saw that he was an offender. You know, the Bible says that all of us have offended God. The Bible says that all of us have sinned in our thoughts and in our actions. There's not one person that's perfect. If you're human, you have sinned and you've um, offended God with that sin. That's what the Bible talks about. And when we hear the phrase offended, it doesn't seem like big of a deal. You know, that we're going to offend people sometimes and uh, they'll get over it. It's not like a crime you know, when you think about the pecking order offense is lower than an actual crime. So we kind of have this lower view of, okay, I offended somebody. I offended God. So what? But when you offend God, it's not like that at all. It's a serious thing. In fact, the Bible puts it equivalent to a high holy treason against a holy God. You commit holy treason against God. And the Bible tells us that when we do that, and all of us have, and in our offending of God, in our sinning, what we do is we commit high treason against who God is. And the Bible says the punishment for high treason against God is eternal conscious punishment, or what the Bible calls hell. That's how holy God is. 
That's how holy means set apart. That's how perfect, that's how holy he is. That he can have nothing to do with rebellion or sin. He's perfect. He is holy. And so when we offend a holy God, the result that, re- that should happen, the just result that should happen is eternal conscious punishment. But you see, God is perfect. And not only is he perfect in his holiness, he's perfect in his love and he's perfect in his mercy. And he saw that this would play out. And this is where humanity would end up, that there would be a human race that in thought and action committed this great offense against God. He saw that and he put a plan in place called the gospel where Jesus Christ came to earth to live the perfect life for us, to announce God's kingdom is here and go to a cross and die for our sins. See, Jesus paid the price for us as offenders on the cross. That's called the gospel. It's the best news ever. And the Bible tells us within seconds of us dying on earth, we will stand before a holy God. When we die Within seconds, we will stand before a holy God. And the question that will determine whether we spend eternity with him in eternal joy, in eternal peace, where there is no more COVID-19, where there is no more suffering, where there is no more sadness, whether, what determines whether or not we spend the rest of eternity forever and ever with him or separated from him in eternal conscious punishment, which is the worst thing you can imagine. The factor that's going to determine that is what did you do with Jesus Christ? Did you do what Bartimaeus did? Did you acknowledge who he is, meaning believing and truly believing who he is? And did you acknowledge your need for mercy, repenting and turning from your ways of life to wanting to follow him? Believe and repent, acknowledge and ask. That's what is going to determine that. Do you need God right now? Do you need mercy right now? Man, I know I do. If there's ever a time, I need it. And the true fear about this uh, coronavirus pandemic is the fear of death. I mean, if you look at all the news and you see what's going on, what's creating this fear and anxiety, if we're honest, the big one is the great fear, we call it, the fear of death. I think that's the biggest fear that human beings have, especially now. But see, the thing is, because of this gospel, this gospel settles that fear. This gospel conquers that fear. When you're a Christian, you don't have to be afraid of death. You can face death with peace. That's the amazing thing about following Jesus Christ and inviting him into your life and having a personal relationship with him. When you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, even death itself is something that you don't have to fear. Because for the Christian, death is the doorway to new life. For the person who follows Jesus Christ, once you die, you enter into true life. In fact, it could be said for the follower of Jesus Christ, once they die, they're more alive after death than they were before. There was a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was part of a resistance against Adolf Hitler uh, during the Holocaust times. And he was caught and he was imprisoned and he was sentenced to death. And when he was going to the gallows, he was a Christian. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. And when he's going to the gallows, somebody said, this is it. This is the end. And he said, most people think this is the end, but for me, it's the beginning of life. See, that's what death is as a Christian. 
If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, death is just the beginning of true new life. And it's something you don't have to fear. The power of the gospel takes out the fear of death. And once this was declared to this blind man named Bartimaeus, he came alive. And he did not want to live without Jesus from that point on. Let's take a look. Look at verse 43. So Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Verse 43, instantly he could see and began to follow him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. They saw the transformation. They saw that Bartimaeus could see. They saw that the the weight of his soul was lifted and he was following Jesus. He wanted to be with Jesus. What an amazing picture we have This man who is sitting on the curb begging for mercy now is living in hope because wherever there's mercy, there is always hope. Wherever there's mercy, there's always hope. Do you have a need for hope right now? Beg God for his mercy. Say, God, have mercy on me. Have you ever cried out for God's mercy? Have you ever acknowledged your need for him in your life? Let me ask you this. Have you ever invited Jesus Christ to come into your life? To be your Lord and Savior? To follow him? Are you sure that if you were to die in this moment, that you would go to heaven and spend eternity with him forever? Do you know you can be sure of that? The Bible tells us you can have surety that when you die, you will go to heaven and spend forever with God in eternal joy and eternal peace. You don't have to fear death. Is that something you love? When you go before God and you invite him into your life, he comes in and he forgives you and he removes your guilt and shame and he makes you new and he gives you this precious gift of eternal life where you no longer have to fear death. But death can be a place of new life and peace. Some of you watching right now have never done that. You never invited Jesus into your life and I want to give you an opportunity to do that especially in this time when we're faced with death through this pandemic. If there was ever a time to invite Jesus Christ into your life and settle that debt you have with God, where he comes to you, the one who offended and with compassion removes the guilt and the sin and the shame and pours his mercy and his grace upon you. Now's the time. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But I also want to speak to those who say, yeah, I've done that. I have a personal relationship with God and and I am following him. And maybe during this time you've been crippled with fear. Maybe that great fear has clouded your sight where that's all you can see. And you've forgotten that as a believer of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you no longer have to fear death. You've forgotten what that means. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me as well as an affirmation of what you've done before that you have been delivered from the fear of death. You've been forgiven. You've been made new. And Christ now lives inside of you. So if that's what you'd like to do, I want to just lead you through this prayer right now. But I want you to know that the prayer is not like a magic thing that you just say this prayer and then you ultimately have um, life in heaven with God forever. The prayer is just a doorway that reflects the true heart. If this is something you're sincere about in your heart, God will hear this prayer and he will make you new. 
And so if that's where you are, I want to pray this prayer with you. And so I'd invite you, uh, if you're there and you've never asked Jesus into your life and you'd like to, uh, I want to pray this with you. And also if you have done this, but you've gotten to that place where you've let the fear of this pandemic overwhelm your thoughts and overwhelm your thinking, you forgot who you are in Christ, I'd ask you to pray this as well, just as an affirmation of what you've decided. So wherever you are right now, I encourage you to just bow your head with me as we pray this together. And as I say it, you say it back to God in in your heart. And if this is honestly where you are, he will hear you and he will enter into your, your soul and give you new life. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the only son of God. I acknowledge I am a sinner and I have offended you. I need mercy. Please forgive me. I ask that you'd come into my life right now and make me new. Help me to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you were honest and sincere about it, then Jesus has entered into your heart right now. You may not feel different or you may feel a huge weight. It doesn't matter what you feel. The truth is it happened. And if you pray that prayer, this is just the beginning. And what I like to do is if you pray that prayer and you have begun a relationship with Jesus Christ in this moment, will you please email me and let me know? Because I want to help you get started in this new way of life by giving you some materials that can help you on your journey. You can email me at dan at crossviewrapids.org or go to our website and our staff page. Our emails are all there. I would really want to know if you've prayed that because I want to help you get started in this new life. Because of what God has done, we can live this life without the fear of death. Where death is just the beginning. And if you're a Christian and you prayed that prayer, if, you, if you've had a relationship with God, but you've let the noise of this fear of this pandemic overwhelm um, the truth of where you stand before God, I just want to say to you, remember who you are. Remember that you're a child of God. Remember that he came and he transformed your life and your heart. That he calls you son, he calls you daughter, he calls you child. And because of who he is and what he did on the cross, you no longer have to fear death. Keep that in mind as these days continue. Don't ever forget that. As a follow-up to our sermon, I just want to encourage you. um, I want to invite you this week on Tuesday, uh, April 7th, to fast and pray. God throughout scripture calls his people to do this thing called fasting, which means uh, to hold off on a meal or if because of medical reasons, you can't do that. Hold off on something else, maybe fast social media or fast looking at your phone or something, but to deny your fleshly desires something uh, as an act of worship and seeking God and to pray uh, instead If maybe this whole concept of fasting and pray is new new to you, uh, go to our website, uh, crossyourapids.org, and there's instructions on how to fast and pray. Uh, But this Tuesday, April 7th, we're going to be joining with churches all over Wisconsin 
to ask God to bring an end to this pandemic, to ask God to heal those who've been infected, to ask God to help our medical staff and medical personnel, to ask God to uh, help us as those who are grieving uh, from the loss of this thing. Uh, All sorts of things we're praying for. If you go to the website, there's a list of what to pray for and that sheet of instructions. There's also um, some instructions on how you should fast. But I'm asking as pastor and friend, of you across your church to dedicate this Tuesday, April 7th, to a day of fasting and prayer, especially in this moment that we live in uh, with this pandemic. We desperately need it. So please do that this Tuesday. Also um, at Crossview during this time, we've been going through a uh, devotional each week together on the Version app. And this week we're going to be looking at uh, one called Presence Filled Prayer. Uh, so go to the Version app under plans and look up present filled prayer. And that will be the plan that we're going to be doing and uh, walking through uh, this week as we prepare for that uh, day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter Sunday. And so I think this Bible reading plan will help us to walk into God's presence and prepare our hearts for the glorious news of what we talked about here and what we're going to talk about again, that because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we no longer have to fear death. And so the great fear has been demolished by the power and the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the amazing news that even death itself could not hold you back. Even death itself is not the end for your people who follow you. Lord, remind us of that. Lord, remind us and assure us that when we follow you and have a relationship with you, we have life and it's life eternal. And God, I ask that there be nothing that would detract from that in our thinking. God, I pray that all the fear that we see and experience in this time would bow to the work and the wonder of your son, Jesus Christ. And so Lord, let that happen in our hearts as a reality. And God, I ask that this week as we prepare our hearts to celebrate the resurrected Jesus Christ that conquers death and gives us hope, prepare our hearts to receive that and help us this week to live as we should as your children in the glorious love and work of what you did. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now take this blessing on your week, Crossview Church, and those who are watching this from other places. May the love of God the Father and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.
we trust you. We trust you with our lives in these crazy moments that we find ourselves in. God, we trust you because you have proven yourself trustworthy. Your word shows us over and over again of the kind of merciful and loving heart you have toward us. God, would you help us this week to remember who you are and the kind of heart that you have and trust you for all the things that lie ahead. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.